0: Hello, I'm Samantha Reid, CEO of Chemistry Australia, the national body representing Australia's chemistry industry. Welcome to the first episode of the Chemistry for Life podcast series, in which we discuss the latest developments and opportunities for the business of chemistry. In this episode, I speak to David Hawkins, Chairman and Managing Director of BASF Australia and New Zealand, and Chair of Chemistry Australia, about his vision for a healthy Australian chemistry industry. David, it's great to have you here with me today. Thanks, Sam. Now, David, you were appointed to the position of chair almost three months ago, and I know that you're very keen to make a significant contribution to the association's work. Can you tell me a little bit about your vision as chair and what you'd like to see happen in the years ahead?
1: Thanks, Sam. Um, When I think about the chemical industry, you know... We know it's a vital driver to growth in the the economy and ultimately supplies 109 out of the 111 industries here. I also think about meeting the challenges to the future and the challenges for for industry in Australia. And we're going to need to be more progressive than what we've been in the past. And we're going to need to attract the sort of people that we want to drive that um, innovation and and drive. So we need to to have a more diverse talent base. So those are things that a couple of things I'm passionate about. But I guess in terms of where we see um, the challenges and the opportunities for the industry, I think social licence presents us with a great opportunity and challenge. I think that we recognise that we need to contribute to to the sustainability and economic um, development for Australia. And we do have to consider some of the really um, difficult issues that we have around topics around health and safety, around climate change, around building materials and plastic waste. Um, and ultimately, I have a vision for the, for the industry that uh, we want Australia to be an innovative country. Um, and I think being the third largest manufacturing sector, we're going we're to need to be part of driving that growth for innovation. So um, we're looking for an environment where science is valued um, and where our industries can contribute effectively to creating that sort of innovation that Australia needs to be successful.
0: David, you've been a member of the Chemistry Australia board for three years now and have often talked about the role of Chemistry Australia. Why do you think it's important to have an association to represent the industry and where do you see the value in being part of an industry association like Chemistry Australia?
1: Sam, when I think about um, the business of chemistry in Australia, um, you know, the challenges that we're we're meeting around the, the significant global challenges... Um, the, the mega trends that drive um, a lot of the industry's development. Uh, I, I think about needing science-based and innovation solutions for that. Um, and I see that chemistry has the opportunity to actually make a change around topics like climate change and sustainability. Um, you know, we know it represents an input into almost every value chain in Australia. And you think about the big industries in Australia, such as food and agriculture, such as advanced manufacturing, medical technology and pharmaceuticals through to such things as mining, um, technology and services that, um, you know, we play a really important part uh, of Australia in this industry and I think as an industry body, um, Chemistry Australia represents us, our members, on, thing, on policy and regulation and that's, that's really important because we need to be running sustainable, um, socially acceptable businesses um, and we need to ensure that we have a basis for sustainable growth. Um, and I also think that we need to be talking to our societies about um, how our industry provides those great solutions that become part of um, the way we work. And you know, not many people may realise that chemistry is in batteries or in solar panels or in wind turbines, even things like your mobile phone. So chemistry is ubiquitous in, in sort of the solutions that we will have and the sort of lives that we want to live. But we also got to recognise that we need to build trust um, and that we need to recognise that um, there is a value to chemistry in society, and we know that the, the industry body can help us with things like um, our responsible care program, which shows to communities that we are serious about how we run our operations um, and the sort of products we make and their products. And their, um, sort of life, life cycle view of um, how we make them and, and how we dispose of them. Um, and I think ultimately, when we come together as one, when the industry comes together as one, we have a stronger voice, uh, we're able to prosecute um, the common challenges of our industry and also tell our story about um, the sort of products and solutions we can provide. We know that high trust companies outperform their peers by 5% and that's the sort of companies we want to have as part of our membership.
0: David, you talked about the important role that uh, chemistry plays in so many parts of our life and you mentioned batteries and the use of chemistry in batteries, in our mobile phones. Products of chemistry also are important in um, our clean water production, in packaging to preserve fresh food, insulation in our homes and our buildings to name a few. So David, what would you like people to know about the Australian chemistry industry that they might not know today?
1: Sam, I think I'll start with perhaps talking about three of the growth drivers for for our economy. Um, We know agriculture is really important for us. And we know as population grows both here and worldwide, we're going to need to produce more food from less land um, using fewer resources under the tough environmental conditions. And some of the products we use um, help soils to, to improve absorption of water. Um, we also have a product in BASF that enables crops to grow in tough drought conditions by using what we call biological inoculant. In the construction space, we know cities are growing rapidly um, and we know there are, to, there are issues around air quality, energy usage and recycling of building materials and those are challenges our industry is meeting. But also one, one perhaps small example but it, but really interesting is if you thought about how do you, how do you pump concrete from the bottom where your truck is down on the road to the very high buildings. And we have products that go into concrete that allows you to actually pump that concrete from the bottom of the, from the street to the very top of the building. And in mining, um, we have products that go in to help manage the tailings and therefore improve the reuse of water. So I think there's a lots of parts to those different industries that we, we, we play a role. But we also have a role in, uh, in how we shape um, end of use of some of our products. And so certainly the waste industry has been a, a large talking point in Australia. And um, an example where we see that uh, upstream innovation and where our industry plays a role would be the Adidas shoe, which BSF has worked together with, um, where we have a product that's called a thermoplastic polyurethane used to create the whole shoe. So it's a single material across the whole shoe and heat's used um, to provide it different properties through, through the different parts of the shoe. So therefore, um, we're resulting in, in less waste and that makes a, a shoe that's much easier to recycle.
0: I think, David, that's really important because waste and recycling is such a big challenge in Australia at present and I think we need the whole value chain to be working together, particularly with the upstream industries, to design products that are far easier to recycle at end of life. Um, But ultimately we're going to need more investment in that infrastructure for the recycling.
1: Yeah, ultimately, I mean, the waste industry is a complex issue, um, and it has, has many facets. And certainly innovation upstream to provide more recyclable products is one of that, but it's also about segregation of waste so that it can be effectively used, um, and about finding effective value in that waste as well. So um, certainly a challenge and one that the chemical industry is going to be very, um, an important part to play in solving some of those challenges.
0: David, the chemistry industry is the third largest manufacturing sector in Australia, and certainly it's something that I'm passionate about. I think uh, manufacturing is a critical industry in Australia to drive investment in jobs, in skills, in innovation. Why do you think manufacturing is important to Australia's prosperity, and what should the government do to support local manufacturers?
1: Sam, I think Australia has a really long history in manufacturing, and and we know that our products are well well thought about and definitely uh, valuable in our export markets. Um, however, it's been it's been a challenge recently. We've seen seen the exit of some key industries, and I guess automotive presents as the as the most well known example of that. Um, and certainly, the challenges of our industry are real, um, and there's no escaping the call to provide reliable and affordable gas for energy. And feedstocks is one of our you know, one of our urgent actions. So uh, we need an industry that um, gets to play in a, in a fair way on a, on a global scale. And I think that those challenges around gas and energy are certainly ones that are front and mind for all of us trying to manufacture in Australia. Um, I think also our government needs to focus on um, the growing skill shortages for, for experienced technical and specialist people. And, you know, I sit on the board of the Dean's Advisory Council for Monash University and I see what great talent we create um, and the sort of innovation that they do around the number of projects that they have. So I think the ability to provide interesting careers um, and to provide the sort of opportunities that allow these skilled, skilled people to provide innovative and creative solutions that, that are made here in Australia and are based on the sort of challenges we have in Australia. So um, we think that's really a vital part for the Australian economy and for the sort of country we want to be which will be beyond just someone who deals in, in, in the sort of basic or, or, or very low value-adding activities, but to make, make the benefit from all the, the rich and, and diverse natural natural resources we have in Australia.
0: Mm. David, I couldn't agree more. And it was interesting last year to see that the Federal Industry Department described Australia's economic complexity um, as akin to that of a developing country. So... Our economic complexity is declining as a nation, and I think um, it's critically important that we find ways to ensure that we can maintain a strong manufacturing base here in Australia. Yeah.
1: And I think when we also... Uh, we had um, discussions leading up to the election about R&D and the importance of, of Australia being a destination for R&D, especially for companies like mine and those that are spending significant money on innovation. And, you know, the reality is, is that we don't generally... Um, separate those two things so if we take manufacturing we often see R&D together in the, in the same spot so um, the importance of having the manufacturing um, certainly supports the want and the need to bring more R&D into Australia so we think those things are vitally important.
0: The 46th Australian Parliament will sit for the first time on the 2nd of July. Given the current investment climate for industry in Australia, David where do you think the Prime Minister and the Coalition Government should focus their attention?
1: Sam, when I think about issues around policy, I think about perhaps an outside-in perspective and what someone looking into Australia might think about some of the, the regulations that we have and where we might see improvement. Um, and I guess there's probably three areas that, are, that that we would see that need improvement, and one's um, in regards to you know, national harmonisation and regulation for workplace health and safety. I think that's a, that's a key one. Um, establishment of a national dangerous goods regulator would be another. Um, and the third is the reform of major hazard facilities so that we have a single national regulator and regulatory scheme because inefficiency in regulation costs companies and it costs our economy. Um, and so that's important for us to address. I think it's also something we should think about in a positive way as well, and that we've been able, certainly as the industry body, um, to address an issue we had around polymers of low concern. And here's an example where regulation is not providing an incentive or perhaps is providing a disincentive to introduce newer, safer chemistry into our country because of the cost it takes to actually um, register those products. And we know that um, 70% of new chemical notifications are polymers of low concern. So um, we know that now we, we now have a regulator that can take all the science available and to make much better and appropriate um, validations of those products. So um, there was a recent introduction of that bill into Parliament and certainly something that took time but is well worth the effort of an industry body working collaboratively with our members to actually achieve an outcome. Um, you know anything that's based on science is good for jobs and good for our economy. Um, and we don't we don't also walk away and we certainly understand our need for a strong social license. Um, and we are part of that strong social license is effective, appropriate regulation. So we are certainly supportive of the work that we do to help those regulators be more efficient and be better because we think that helps us and helps the economy as well. I do think that, uh, my role as Chair of Chemistry Australia, um, this is an important part uh, of the role, an important part of the work that I would like to do, which is working with multiple stakeholders to talk about our strategic roadmap, um, to talk to government and to talk to communities and other, 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 um, other major stakeholders um, that may become, uh, that may help us to explain our industry and to address any barriers to investment or growth that we may have.
0: David, um, the behaviour and internal culture of big organisations has come under the spotlight quite a lot in recent times. We've certainly seen a strong response from authorities and the general public when businesses fail to live up to community expectations. The Australian Banking Royal Commission is one recent example. Can you tell me your thoughts on this issue and why it's becoming increasingly important for our industry?
1: I think that... All major industries, and certainly ours is is no exception is that the role of culture and the role that we that, that we use to run our organizations and what 's important to us is is fundamental to our ongoing success and We talk about the triple bottom line um, and I think this concept really is true and really talks to the ability to have all stakeholders considered and meant not just one to the detriment of another. So I think when we think about our big companies and what's going to be expected of us from community is that, that we have a culture where the wrong things are not tolerated, where the rules are clear and that they are, meet the expectations of society, that we are um, clear and, uh, and working with regulators in the appropriate way um, and I think the the Hayne Royal Commission certainly taught us that there's a there's a strong price to pay when those when parts of those things may fail. I think the community makes us accountable for how we run our, our operations. I think that's entirely appropriate and, and certainly something that we think of when we when we think about how we run our organisations, that we are that all our stakeholders are considered.
0: David, you're a male champion of change, which means you are part of a group of influential male leaders who actively pursue meaningful action on gender inequality. Why do you believe diversity in the workplace is so important?
1: Sam, I'm really passionate about this issue, Um, notwithstanding because I have three daughters who are about to enter the workforce in some some time away, but certainly um, thinking about what makes our company successful. And we talk a lot at B.S.F. about creating a great place to work. And for me, a great place to work is where people can bring themselves, um, be valued for what they bring, be given the empowerment to um, to, to bring all that they can be to, to that organisation and, and their and the organisation's success. And when we think about the chemical industry and many others in Australia, they are clearly male dominated, um, and it's not okay, and it's not something that's going to go away. Um, we know that this is the most educated. Um, generation of women, yet still we know that there are probably more Davids on uh, leading companies on the ASX than there are women. Um, So we clearly have some barriers that women experience, um, and it's not okay for for those of us who are in a position of privilege, and certainly those are mostly male, um, and that we have to consider why that is and look to the structural changes we're going to need to make. So it's certainly not – the group of male champions of change is not about – um, advocating for women as much as standing beside women, allowing them um, to, to achieve the potential that they undoubtedly have, to look at the policies that prevent that from happening um, and to understand what role we need to play to make that happen. Uh, my, my comment is at the end of the day, when we recruit people or when we promote people, we're always making a decision. So we're always picking someone. So we need to be much more balanced with how we consider who that someone is.
0: So David, it is a challenge for the industry. Like so many um, industries or manufacturing-based industries in Australia, you do tend to find um, gender imbalance. What actions do you think the industry needs to take to address gender inequality and attract the best talent?
1: So for me, it starts at understanding that this is this is a challenge and an opportunity like any other business challenge or opportunity and and when we do that we, we know that studies have told us that diverse organizations are 15% more likely to have financial returns um, above their above their peers so when given an opportunity to be better we we must pursue that so um, i think it starts with um, that it starts with because it's the right thing to do. I think that's where it starts. And it goes to the point of it's the right thing to do. It actually generates better returns. It creates uh, a place that we'd like to work at. It's a place that um, treats everyone with respect and and equally and provides an opportunity for all to contribute um, all that they can be. So I think those are why we drive it. And to do that, we've got to look at the sort of policies and the sort of Biases that we bring in all the things that we do, uh, policies that may prevent women from um, getting into into positions of management, um, the biases that we take in terms of thinking um, that there are people like us or or over the same career or went to the same school or whatever measures we're using to 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 um, to lead to our biases, uh, and we also got to recognise that when we have challenges which our chemical, industri- chemical industry or the, the business of chemistry in Australia certainly has, um, is that we're not going to do it by doing the same things we've always done with the same people that we've always done. And so I think about inviting um, new ways of thinking and new ways of tackling those problems are going to be paramount to our success. So um, you know, it's not a matter of um, something that's nice to have. It's something that's absolutely required for our future success.
0: Well, David, thank you for sharing your views with us today. And if you'd like to learn more about the topics discussed today, please visit this Chemistry Australia website at chemistryaustralia.org.au. You can find a copy of this podcast and future episodes on our website under the News and Events tab. That's all for this episode. Thank you for listening and goodbye until next time.